Crucifixion. Only one guy who nailed it. At least Jesus didn't get screwed over. But I bet he was pretty cross about being forced to hang around. There are Jews in the world. There are Buddhists. There are Hindus and Mormons and then... There are those that follow Mohammed's but I've never been one of them. How's your faith these days, Father? Oh Lord, oh you are so big, so absolutely huge. Do you think maybe he's compensating for something? <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah. What do we learn? I don't know, sir. I don't fucking know either. All right. Thank you for joining me. This is the first time that I am doing both a video and audio podcast. So if you're just listening to this, go over to my anchor.fm and subscribe and you can see the video which is pretty much what you're listening to except for i'm waving my hands around and making funny faces at you i can't help it it's what i do what can i say anyway uh this week is a fun week in the world of whatever uh 10th sunday after pentecost i believe actually and uh this sunday kind of got me fired up i hate to say it um, sorry, not sorry. It's kind of an anger point, you know? Uh, anyway, the reading to today from the gospel is the gospel of Luke, chapter 12, verse 49 through 56. Let's get right into it and go straight into the fun. I came to earth. Hello and welcome, if this is your first time listening or watching. And welcome back if this is your if this isn't the first time. Uh, I say that because, well, a lot of people listened, uh, no one's watched, because this is the first one that you can watch. You just have to go over to anchor.fm and subscribe. It's not much, it's only like, I don't know how much I've chosen yet because I haven't done it yet. Uh, but I'm recording this and you can see my face, I'm sorry. Not really. But anyway, that's what we're doing. Um, because I'm about ready to move. And I want to keep doing this. And I want to keep uh, bringing this to you. But, you know, it's going to be difficult. So in any case, let's get right into the gospel. We'll talk more after, you know, the sermon and stuff. This gospel this week comes from Luke. Chapter 12, verse 49 through 56. We'll move my camera just slightly. And let's get to it. Luke 12, 49 through 56. I came to bring fire to the earth and how I wish it were already kindled. I have a baptism which to be baptized and what stress I am under until it's completed. Do you think that I have come to bring peace to the earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. From now on, five in one household will be divided. Three against two, two against three. They will be divided. Father against son, son against father, 
mother against daughter and daughter against mother, mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law and daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. He also said to the crowds, when you see a cloud rising in the west, you immediately say, it's going to rain, and so it happens. When you see to the south wind blowing, you say, there'll be scorching heat, and it happens. You hypocrites, you know how to interpret the appearance of earth and sky. Why do you not know how to interpret the present time? Kind of profound. So the Prince of Peace stands up and gets angry, doesn't he? He shouts and he says he's come to bring division, not peace. He talks about breaking families and setting the world on fire, trying to complete a baptism. Then he states that he seemed perfectly capable of telling the weather, but can't tell what's happening now. He's right. As a people, he is absolutely right. You know, C.S. Lewis wrote one of the most endearing Christian books, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. It was adapted into a movie by Disney and a series on BBC long before that. If you have an imagination, you must read it. I haven't read it. I have read it to my kids and most of my nieces. Trust me, you will never forget the story. In the book, Jesus is represented by a lion named Aslan. And the four children who are finally introduced to Aslan by Mr. and Mrs. Beaver are not sure they want to meet him. Finally, Mr. Beaver says to them, wrong will be right when Aslan is in sight. At the sound of his roar, sorrows will be no more. When he bears his teeth, winter meets its death. And when he shakes his mane, We'll have spring again. You'll understand when you see him. But shall we see him? Asked Susan. Why, daughter of Eve, that's what I've brought you here for. I'm to lead you to where you shall meet him, said Mr. Beaver. Is he a man? said Lucy. Aslan a man, said Be Mr. Beaver sternly. Certainly not. I tell you he is the king of the wood and the son of the great emperor beyond the sea. Don't you know who is the king of beasts? Aslan is a lion, the lion, the greatest lion. Oh, said Susan, I thought he was a man. Is he quite safe? Shall I feel rather nervous about meeting a lion? That you will, dearie, make no mistake, says Mrs. Beaver. If anyone who can appear before Aslan without their knees knocking, they're either braver than most of us or just silly. Then he isn't safe, said Lucy. Safe, said Mr. Beaver. Don't you hear what Mrs. Beaver tells you? Who said anything about safe? Of course he isn't safe, but he's good. He's the king, I tell you. Now that's the funny thing about the power of Aslan and Jesus. They're not safe. Goodness is not safe. It can't be bound by safety. Goodness, genuine goodness is reckless and shakes the ground under its foot. We've been called to carry on that legacy, people. In his name, we've been fallen short in his name. The White Witch has come to call, and Christianity is faced with a cold winter. The deep magic, the old law of the New Testament, rears its head and finds hateful guile in our future. 
It's a law we've forgotten the lessons of. And in doing so, in forgetting the prophets, we've forgotten the sacrifice of Jesus and what it meant, just as the white witch forgot the deep magic and what Aslan's sacrifice meant. This is what brings chaos to those families. But that reckless goodness can fulfill the deep magic, shatter the stone table and defeat death. Haven't we forgotten it? Are we so wrapped up in fear of offending someone that we've become good old Joe? It's a poem by some long forgotten author. Popularity was his middle name. It's prod was pride, this price was pain. He never heard the word called no, and they spoke of him as good old Joe. His life was long laughing spell, and how he felt you couldn't tell. His favorite words were, yeah, and sure, yeah, good old Joe was Simon Pure. So when he died, they wrote these lines and laid him down midst the whispering pines. Here lies a man. His name was Joe. What he stood for. We'll never know. I'm afraid we can see that reflection of us in that old Joe. See, when people speak of the church, they speak of a Christianity, a reviled religion. These days, the largest religious group has left Christianity to become spiritual. These people, primarily young, become hateful of Jesus and his followers, accuse his church of indoctrine teaching and forcing the beliefs uncritically. These Jesus fan clubs who've made him a mascot instead of an example demand their parishes discard reason and to adopt faith protected with blinders. Now the church I see on Sundays doesn't recognize that church as something it's a part of because they aren't. Uh, but they've allowed it to blossom. They've also allowed themselves to dwindle more and more every year because the way it has always been hasn't changed much. The fathers, mothers, and mothers-in-law of our day in the progressive churches have a problem with allowing the change demanded by the sons and daughters. The newer generation wants their shot, but the change sets the older generation against them. Mother against daughter, father against son, mother-in-law against daughter-in-law. Sound kind of familiar? See, the younger generation has to do it the old way. Things will go wrong, they think. What did Jesus say? You know how to interpret the appearance of earth and sky. Why can't you not know how to interpret the present time? See, the old ways aren't working anymore. Christian nationalism is right, trying to secure itself as the actual law of this land. The climate crisis may already be too far progressed to save the planet, and corporations are devouring every penny they can in an unchecked system that we could have defeated before my generation took its first breath. We could be standing at that pulpit, reminding people that we are stewards of creation, called to protect and restore the divine miracle we call Earth and vote faithfully. We're called to welcome the strangers and foreigners as we would family, not block refugees at our borders and criminalize the desperate. So vote faithfully. Feed the hungry. Don't sneer and disdain. 
clothe the naked, visit the prisoner, and more, but carefully tiptoeing around the clergy. More worried about offending some big donor than preaching and teaching the actual ways of Jesus. Stumble and wonder where all the good ones have gone. That brings me to another point. The priesthood of my particular denomination are vanishing. Not because of lack of gifts, but the lack of vision of where those gifts can be found, nurtured, and ordained. The escalating cost of higher education is out of reach of most but the most privileged. Then demanding a deeper cut for an advanced degree turns more and more of our clergy into old white stubborn men with a thin splash of diversity. My brothers and sisters, the call of service of God and to God's altar comes from everywhere. Not just those that can leap the paywall the older generation can't see anymore. More churches find their choices very limited. Because clergy, being increasingly scarce, the churches can't afford the ones that are around because they can't afford that required salary to keep their heads above water and ahead of the student loan debt that they have to get in order to be able to serve them. Some insult the gifts they find too. They certify lay homilists or lay service leaders. The pain of change is so much they can't call a priest to the priesthood because everyone should walk the same path they did. The white witch has found the way. By twisting the meaning, she gives distorted view that allows her army to pick and choose who to hate and who to blame. We're so busy stifling the younger voices. Oh, you're being too passionate to let them win while she comforts her army with avarice, greed, and bigotry with justifications and tiny semantics to serve only itself and not the deep magic under the words. And they give her more power. And with more power, she grows louder and more controlling. Jesus came to bring fire to the earth and we are that fire. His baptism was at the tomb and his body is divided. The false teachers and prophets he warned us against have made their move, old Joe. So what do you stand for? How can we interpret today with our heads buried in the sand? When will be the time the flames of Christ and through his reckless goodness, baptize the nation and world to be reborn as the triune God calls us to? You know, there's a legend that might actually be true because it sounds real. And when Abraham Lincoln was first introduced to Harriet Beecher Stowe, who wrote, Uncle Tom, who wrote Uncle Tom's Cabin. He said, so this is the little lady who started the Civil War. However true that incident might be, she wrote not to bring peace, but division. And people had to decide where they stood. So where do you stand? See, there was a knight of Bethlehem whose wealth was tears and sorrows his men at arms were little lambs, his trumpeters were sparrows, and his castle was a wooden cross, on which he hung so high his helmet was a crown of thorns, whose crest had touched the sky. I don't know who wrote that poem, but it's something to remember. And sometimes I think the reluctance to share our faith 
and how we really feel about that faith, especially when someone's getting loud and boisterous, has nothing to do with our lack of knowledge and experience in sharing, but rather that gut feeling, because we know how controversial Jesus truly is. To say his name and what he really stood for is to offend. People, Jesus knows that. He did not come to bring peace, but a sword. So break your silence. Speak with action and reason so the world can hear the roar. Vote faithfully, advocate justly for a better future and allow change and progress and refuse to hold the future ransom for the next generation. Do we have what it takes? Can you stand up and be part of the lion's roar? Are you ready to stop predicting that, that weather and see what's happening now and work now for the future? I totally almost forgot to finish this off. Thank you for listening. Thank you for joining me today. I really, really appreciate all the support I get and all the times that this gets listened to. Honestly, it means a lot. You know, I, I don't necessarily uh, do this for anyone in particular. Uh, I'm on a journey. This is part of it. This is something I feel I need to do. And you participating and joining in and listening means the world to me. Please feel free to send me a message on anchor.fm or Spotify. I'm there both places as well as wherever the heck you're listening from, even if it's my website. Uh, if you're on the website and you want to get more involved, you can go to Anchor FM. All these things are going to be in the description below, I promise. Feel free to check out the merch. Everything and all things that I'm getting right now uh, through Anchor, through Spotify, through Twitch, through my streams, through the merchandise that I have on sale. 10% of it automatically gets set aside for charities, which uh, the people who help me do all this stuff, including, you know, my uh, logo right there, and uh, which would be my daughter and uh my inspirations which are the people in my life come up with to decide where it all goes um if you want to be part of that conversation too feel free to buy me a cup of coffee uh that's in my description too and subscribe because if you subscribe you get a voice on where it all goes and uh let's do some good because all are welcome so yeah Take care of each other. I will see you next week. Or I'll just hear you. Or you'll just hear me next week. Uh, it's the 11th Sunday after Pentecost. And I have no clue what I'm going to say yet. Because I haven't looked at what the gospel is. Things I should probably do. Anyway. I love you all. Take care of each other. And above all, remember. All are welcome.